our series that we're in, Small Things, Big Difference. I've been anticipating uh, for some time now talking about what we are going to talk about uh, this morning because it's something that's very personal to me. It's something that I've had to deal with in my life over the years quite a bit, and um, I know what a difference and what a change just such a small thing can make. And uh, um, um, speaking of, uh, well, if uh, uh, junior and senior high, if you'd like to follow Jeff to the fireplace room, I always forget that. I always forget to, uh, this would be the time to do that. So slip out uh, uh, quietly and, uh, um, yeah, follow Jeff. So sorry about that. I always, I always get that. But, but I, this is something, it's, it's personal to me because I've dealt with it for so much in my life, for really for quite a few years. And it's something that makes uh, a huge difference, not just a big difference, a huge difference in our lives uh, and in our relationships. You know, um, uh, often, you know, we underestimate the impact that a small thing can have on our lives. And, and yet such a small thing can make such a big difference. L- last time we talked about it was two weeks ago, because we didn't meet last week because of the weather, but last time we talked about our thoughts and how to take charge of our thoughts so that they don't take charge of us. And that's important because as we've been saying throughout this series, uh, it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Okay, we all have big things that, that, that we all want, big things that we want to see happen, big things that we want to see come to pass, but it's the small things that no one sees that enables and empowers and and allows for those big things to happen and causes those big things to happen. Today's topic is closely related to the last one. It's closely related to our thoughts because today we're going to talk about our words, the words that we use. Words are thoughts that are rooted in our heart, formed in our minds, and that come out of our mouth. All right? Words are thoughts that are rooted in our, in our hearts, formed in our minds, and they come out of our mouth. So, in other words, words reveal what's inside of us. They, re- they reveal what's inside of us. So we're going to talk about our words and the power that they have in our lives. One of the most well-known verses concerning the power uh, that our words have is in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap its consequences. And that goes both ways, one way or the other consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So our, our, our words have the power to destroy or to build up and breathe life. It has the power to take life or to give life. And, and I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the words that, that and how they've had an Im- words have had an impact in your life. I'm sure all of us have memories of time when someone said something that caused us to just wither up inside. You know, one word was spoken or, or just one phrase or, you know, something was said in anger or something was said carelessly, whatever, and something inside us died. Something inside us just, just withered up. 
you know, they may have been joking around and you may have even known that they were just joking, but still the words that, that were spoken to you crushed you inside. Now you can also flip that around and, and I want you to think of a time too when you were really struggling and, and, and someone, you know, comes along at just the right moment and they speak a fitting word, they speak just the right word and it, it encouraged you. It encouraged you and it gave you life. You know, several years ago, there was a, uh, I was going through a, a rough patch in my life. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and um, I was really, really going through a rough patch. And I, you know, it's time for vacation. I took vacation and, and that was all good. And I, but like the, the first day or so into the vacation, I got a phone call with some just devastating news. I received some just crushing, devastating news that, that, really, that really hit me hard. And I was really struggling with it. And I got a phone call um, out of the blue. Steve Psalms, who had, was the, the pastor under whose ministry I gave my life to the Lord years ago in 78, you know, we'd been in touch with each other for, you know, over the years and stuff and had a good relationship, but, but, but somehow we lost track of each other. He moved from northern Indiana to Texas, and I'm here in Bloomington, and we lost track of each other. We lost each other's phone numbers, didn't know how to get in touch with each other. Well, the Lord spoke to him, and he said, you need to call Dave. Dave needs to talk to you now. And so he was able to track down my number and uh, uh, which wasn't that easy, but he was able to track down my number, and uh, there out of the blue, I got a phone call from him. He just said, the Lord just told me. He, well, he said, he said, what's going on? Thank you. He said, what's going on? What's going on? I told him what was going on, and he said, well, the Lord just told me that I needed to call you, and he, he spoke to me. He encouraged me. Uh, uh, he he, he breathed life into me in that phone call that came at just the right time. His words just breathed life into my spirit. Um, another time, just two years ago, you know, after mom and dad had passed, you know, and uh, I was, you know, going through grieving and that, which is normal and that. And, you know, I, I remember he called me and I remember I was in the car and I just parked the car over in the in the, in the uh, what was then the Kmart parking lot. Um, I parked the car and I just sat and talked to him for like 20 or 30 minutes in the car. And um, he just, he spoke such encouraging words, such life-giving words. He, he spoke just, you know, words that, that, that just breathed life into my spirit and, and, and built me up. At a time when I was, you know, I was hurting. I was going through, uh, going through a tough time. And we have those people in our lives that are like that, right? They come along and say the right thing at the right time, and just they're like a breath of fresh air to be around. I mean, those are the people I want to be around, don't you? I need those people in my, in my life. You know, I walk away from them feeling better about myself, feeling better about my situation than I did before I met up with them. That's the kind of person I want surrounding me, and that's the kind of person I want to be in others' lives. Someone that breathes life-giving words into their spirit and encourages them. 
See, the truth is the tongue has the power to change the trajectory of our lives. It has tremendous power. James says in chapter 3, he says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by what? By means of a small bit in its mouth. In other words, just by a few words, we can, we can direct where we want. And, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speech. Tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. So the tongue is a powerful force that can cut both ways. It can be directed to build up and do much good, or when speaking carelessly, it can do great harm. The words we speak aren't just neutral. They're doing good or they're causing harm. They're building up or they're tearing down. Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Brings healing. <clears throat> Proverbs 15, 4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. That's the difference. It's a tree of life. It speaks life. It, it, it lifes someone's spirit. If you want to change a relationship, maybe you're in a relationship that is struggling, you're having a difficult time with someone, you know, and, and just, you know, you're button heads all the time. If you want to change a relationship, then change the words that you use in that relationship. Change the words that you speak. For example, think about a marriage. If you want a better marriage, a lot of people, they, what, they want to do, what they do is if they want a better marriage, they say, okay, I need to get a different spouse. You know, <laughs> I need to get a different husband or I need to get a different wife. You know, I need to change, you know, get a different spouse. No, if you want a better marriage, don't change spouses, change the words that you speak. It will change the relationship. Change the words you're speaking to your, to your husband or to your wife. Eliminate reckless words. Eliminate them. Accusations, put-downs, name-calling, cutting remarks, history lessons. Change the words that you speak because words can tear down. And change those. Instead, speak words that, that have the power to build up. Speak life-giving words. Speak encouraging words. Speak healing words. Speak words that will draw the best out of someone. Not hit them with the worst. I want you to think about the words that you speak. And I want you to ask yourself. I want you to look back over this past, let's say, month. You know, or however long time frame you want, you know. But think back at the words that you speak and ask yourself, are they life-giving or are they life-taking? 
do they give life or do they take life? And look on your outline and, and think of these conversations you've had. Think of the words you've said to people and rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 on words you've spoken to others. Words you've spoken to others. Would you say, you know, if, if, if they're completely, you know, uh, uh, life-giving, then you'd be way over toward the 10. If they're life-taking, then they would be over toward the, toward the 1. If they're somewhere in the middle gauge, you know, what, are, are they mostly life-giving or are they mostly this way, that? And just think about your conversations and the, and the, and the things you've said the, to people. And just circle, just take a moment. Now, another one, and this one can be more difficult at times, but I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about the words that you speak to yourself. I mean, every one of us has self-talk going on. Every one of us speaks to ourselves. Every one of us, what are the words that you're speaking to yourself? Are they life-taking or are they life-giving? What do you say to yourself? You know, are you calling yourself stupid? Oh, I can't believe I did that again. Constantly criticizing yourself, constantly putting yourself down, constantly you know, berating yourself. Or are you speaking life-giving words? Words, yeah, I, I, I can do this. By God's grace and by God's help, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it through this. And just rate yourself, one to ten. You know, I mentioned a few moments ago that this message was a very personal one for me because a number of years ago, the Lord convicted me about the words that I was using, and I would have ranked myself on the lower end of the scale on both of these. Um, I was quick with, you know, one-liners and put-downs and, you know, just sharp little cutting jabs and, and, and remarks with that. Um, I was real quick with that. They just They just... You know, they, they, they came to me very easily, and, you know, I, and I'd always be joking around, you know, of course, I'd always be joking around, but my words were not life-giving, they were life-taking. And, you know, I, I passed it off, so oh, I'm just kidding, I'm just joking, you know what I really mean, you know, we've all said that. Um, I'm just teasing, uh, and then someone once pointed out to me, the problem with teasing is that there's always an element of truth in every tease. Ouch. There's always an element of truth in every tease. And you can say something, a little jab to somebody, teasing. And you think, ah, I'm just kidding. And we've all done that, right? But yet, we've also been the recipient of somebody that has done that to us. And it's like a little jab stuck in our side. Right? How many know that's true? Yeah. It's, 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 you know, there, there, there's an element of truth in every tease. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, said the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So the Lord told me that I needed to change the words that were coming out of my mouth. I needed to change. 
and I needed to begin to speak different words so that my words are, are uh, uh, life-giving and not life-taking. And, and, you know, for that, I needed to allow him to transform my mind and transform my heart, to give me a new heart, to change me inside. And so for the last 35-plus years, that's one of, been one of the main things I've been working on because this has been like 35 or so years ago that the Lord spoke to me. Um, and I could tell you exactly where I was standing when the Lord spoke that to my heart. Um, um, it, was that, it was that real to me. And, you know, if God is telling you the same thing, if he's been dealing with you about this, been talking to you about this, then I want to give you two simple practical rules that will help you to shift from words that are life uh, that are life-taking to speaking words that are life-giving. give you two practical rules. First of all, if you can't say something helpful, then skip it. If you can't say something helpful, skip it. Seems like your mother was right, kind of, you know. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. How many hate it sometimes when your parents are right, you know? You know, it's like, yeah, you told me this all my life. And now it's like God's telling me just about the same thing, you know. <laughs> but, but, okay, if you can't say something helpful, skip it. Here's the key verse. Here's the verse that the Lord just, you know, burned into my spirit that, that day when he started speaking to me about this. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. That's the word the Lord spoke to me. That's the verse that he used to convict me of <clears throat> that I needed to change the way I spoke. So for 35 plus years, that's been my, like, my target verse, my, my challenge verse. Sometimes I do pretty well with it, and sometimes I catch myself thinking, up, oh, there you go again, Dave. You know, got to watch that, got to change that. <clears throat> um, and this is what I want to challenge each one of us to shoot for. So let me read it again because it was written really for each one of us. The Apostle Paul wrote it for each one of us. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Now that's talking about both the kinds of words we use as well as how we use them, the things that we say. Whenever I'm studying a verse... Um, you know, I like to look it up in other translations and, and you know, to, to, to see how, how others translate the verse to confirm or clarify what's being said. And sometimes it just gives a little bit different twist, a little different nuance to it. So here's a couple of other translations. The, the NLT, New Living Translation, starts off, says, don't use foul or abusive language. Don't use foul or abusive language. And I hope you'll hear me on this. Because I know our culture has become pretty lax, pretty loose in, in what language it considers is acceptable, right? Our culture has, has really loosened up. I mean, um, you know, you, you hear things spoken in public. You hear things by public officials. You hear things, you know, spoken on, in, uh, on, on TV and so forth that you never would have heard. Uh, you know, like, you know, 30 years ago. Never. We've laxed our standards. We've loosened up on that. And, and you know, but the thing is, 
as followers of Jesus, we don't take our cues from our culture. We take our cues from God's word. And according to God's word as believers, that shouldn't be a part of our vocabulary. Foul language shouldn't be something that we speak, shouldn't be something that we use, no matter how prevalent it is in our society. Now, I know that a lot of times we don't think and words come out and and we're just, habits are hard to break, right? I understand that. But I really believe that this is something that the Holy Spirit will, will uh, uh, help us to do if we commit ourselves to, I'm going to change the words that I speak. I'm going to change the way that I speak, you know, because it, it really has no place in a believer's vocabulary. And really, it shouldn't have a place in our society. I, I've never heard anyone say, you know, the way that person drops the F-bomb at just the right time really makes me respect them. <laughs> They're so smart. Every other word is this or that. They're, they're so intelligent. But I've heard the opposite. You know, is that the only thing they know to say? I've never heard of an employer checking on a prospective employee's Facebook page, which employers, if you don't think they don't check your social media, believe me, they do. They do. And if you have it locked, they will ask often, they will ask for the password to see what, you know, because that really tells a lot about a person. <clears throat> but I've never heard of, a, of, a, of an employer checking on a prospective hire's Facebook page and saying, wow, they really know how to curse. That, I think they'll really add to our company's image. Or, or, you know, they have a real gift. They're so gifted in just verbally ripping into people. I especially like the way they trash talk about their current employer, their teammates. I think we can use them on our team. No, you can't imagine that happening, can you? It's ridiculous. But the opposite has happened. People have lost respect and lost job opportunities because of their inability to control their tongue. And when I say control their tongue, I'm talking, you know, today our tongue just isn't in our mouth. It's at the ends of our fingers, our fingertips as we're typing and texting. And Life-giving words. Life-giving words are words that recognize, for one thing, that every person is created in the image of God and therefore every person should be treated with and spoken to with respect. Life-giving words do not abuse people. They breathe life into people. The NLT continues with this verse and says, Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Or as the CSB translation says it, No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in in need. And listen to this so that it gives grace to those that hear. So that it gives grace. I want my words to be words that give grace to those that hear it. I want my words to minister life 
and to minister grace and to minister encouragement to those that I'm speaking to. God hasn't called us to tear down. He's called us to build up. So before we speak, let's ask ourselves, is what I'm about to say or is what I'm about to post or is what I'm about to text, is it, is it going to give grace to that person? Is it going to help build them up? How would I feel if somebody said those same words to me? And now, it's not that we can't share something difficult or hard to share things. It's all in the way that we share them, our tone, our attitude, the words that we choose. We can speak truth, but we speak it in love and without judgment, always showing respect, no matter who it is, and no matter how much you disagree with them, always showing respect. See, respect maintains relationship even in the midst of differing opinions, and it gives you an open door. You know, I will listen to somebody that, that totally disagrees with me. I will listen to what they're saying when I feel they respect me for what I believe. All right? Respect keeps that communication and door open. Disrespect just builds more walls and shuts down communication. We don't need more walls separating people. Disrespect just builds more walls and shuts down the communication, closes that door off. So if you can't say something helpful, skip it. The second thing, if you think something good, say it. If you think something good, say it. Don't talk yourself out of it. If you have something good to say, Say it. Another story about Steve Soames. And if it seems like every story is about Steve uh, uh, this week, it's because I just learned Friday morning that he uh, got a call. He went home to, unexpectedly to be with the Lord. So, And he was a very important person in my life. Um, um, really changed the trajectory of our whole family. And, and you know, I, I love him dearly. And and so I, I'm going through in my mind the last two days all these, you know, stories and scenarios. But there was a time when, you know, we were living in Fort Wayne and he had moved um, from Bedford up to north of Fort Wayne, little town called Butler. <coughs> and he was going through a really rough time in his life. He was going through a really difficult time. And, you know, we wanted to have him over. We wanted to talk to him. We wanted to encourage him and pray with him and and all of this, all these things we wanted to do. But, but, but you know, he, he meant so much to us that we wanted to, we thought, we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. We're going to, you know, we're going to have him over for dinner. We're going to grill steaks out on the grill and, you know, and, and, and you know, just, just, you know, corn on the cob and, and, and everything, watermelon, you know, everything, just do it right. Well, um, as we, as we, um, talked about this and planned this. The only problem was we were on a mac and cheese and hot dog budget. So we thought, we got to wait until we can do it right. We missed our opportunity because that day didn't come. You know, we couldn't magically just pull money out of the air and do what we wanted to do. So we thought we can't do it right you know, we waited for perfect conditions, and the perfect conditions never came. We talked to him, 
you know, several years later about that and, you know, say, hey, I'm so sorry. We, we, you were going through a tough time. We really wanted to have you over and, and talk to you and, 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 and pray with you and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, he told us at the time, you know, I would have been happy just to, for a glass of water and a hot dog or just a glass of water, you know. Um, I missed an opportunity because I was waiting for perfect conditions. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Don't talk yourself out of it. If you have something good to say, say it. Say it. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of things like that. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. I love that verse. Gracious words. And, and, and it's gracious words, not just thoughts, but words. Words are thoughts that are expressed. Gracious words are a honeycomb. You know, a lot of times people will post, oh, I'm sending good thoughts your way or good vibes your way. Don't send me good thoughts and good vibes. That means nothing. Speak it into words. Speak it in prayer to God or speak it in encouraging words to me. Thoughts and good vibes are nothing. Drives me nuts. Sorry. I'll get a little soapbox there. It's words that have the power. Gracious words, not just thoughts, but words. Words are thoughts expressed. Speak those words of life. Think about somebody who's been a major influence on your life. Somebody that has helped you through tough times in your life. They've encouraged you when they were down. How did they do it? By sitting at home on their couch just thinking? No, it was through speaking words because our words have the power. Gracious words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Two characteristics of honey. It's nature's perfect sweetener. Honey is sweet. I love honey. It's sweet. It's nature's perfect sweetener. And, 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 and you know, it, 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 it tastes sweet, goes down smooth. And honey has healing properties. It's got antibacterial properties. It's healing to the skin. It's used to, to treat skin. It's, 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 it's used on burns. Gracious words are like that. They're sweet. They're pleasant like honey, and they bring about healing. They're soothing to the soul. You can make a big difference in someone's life just by speaking the right words. You can bring peace. You can bring joy. You can bring comfort. You can bring healing. You can bring reconciliation all by the words that you speak. And it's not just what we speak to others that matter. It's what we speak to ourselves too. It's what we tell ourselves. The words that we speak to ourselves are also important. One time, David in the Old Testament was having a particularly down day. I mean, he was afraid of his own people, afraid that they were going to stone him because they very well may have. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Or as the King James says, says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How do we do that? We do that by speaking God's word to ourselves. We do that by speaking encouraging words to ourselves, life-giving words, gracious words to ourselves, because our words matter. 
You know, instead of like, I'll never change. I've been like this for 20 years. There's no hope. I'm never going to change. I'm always going to be this way. This is always going to happen to me. We don't, we, we, we don't speak words like that. We speak, you know, I've struggled with this, but God's going to give me help. God's going to give me grace, and I'm going to change. By God's grace, he's going to empower me. Things are going to change. It's a new day. Things are going to change. So far in this series, we've asked you for you know, to, to seek the Lord and ask for one year that's going to be, the, or one word, I mean, that's going to be focus, the, uh, your, the focus of your life for this year. Ask the Lord to give you one word. And then we talked about expanding on that and coming up with one thought in line with that word. What is one thought? And then this week, we're asking you to look for one statement. One statement that you can say again and again and again, and that will drive and direct your, your words this year, drive and direct your thoughts this year, drive and direct your life this year. It's a small statement that will make a big difference. Now, you might ask, say, well, what about, you know, I always get questions like this. Can my one thought be my one statement? Yes, it can, but you have to, it can't stay a thought. It needs to become a statement. Something is spoken. So it can be the same or it can just line up with it. My, my one word I've shared for 2019 is new. I felt like the Lord said, your word for this year is new. New for me and for this church. And my one thought, it's a new day. New day. This is a new day. It's a new day. And my one statement then is that the past isn't the future. The past isn't the future. The past doesn't define the future. The old doesn't define the new, however you want to say it. Yesterday does not define today. It is a new day. I want you to think about that this week. I want you to hold on to your handout in that space where it says, my one statement. Ask the Lord to show you a small statement, not a paragraph, just a small statement that you can repeat over and over and, and, and look at and, and think about and state over and over that will make a big difference in your life. Choose words carefully. Words matter when we speak them to others and we speak them to ourselves. Let's have the worship team come on up. In a minute, we're going to close, but I want to, I want us to pray about this. This is something that will make, of all the things that we talk about, all the things that we teach, all the things we look at in Scripture, this ranks up there close to the top on the level of impact it will make in our lives, in our personal lives, in, in our relationships. Is the words that we use. And I know because I've seen it in my own life. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I want to pray. And if you agree with this prayer, just in your heart, say amen to the Lord. 
<clears throat> but I want I want I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I know that you love us so much. And you call us out. And you want to make us into, and you're forming us, you're shaping us into the image of your son, Jesus. That's what this life is about, is becoming more like Jesus. So I ask you, for me, for my life, and for those that, that are listening this, this morning, set the Holy Spirit as a guard on our mouth. Set the Holy Spirit as a guard on our mouth that the words that we speak would be words that are life-giving and not life-taking. The words that we speak would, would, would build others up and not tear them down. They would be words that communicate respect even in the midst of disagreement. That we would not disrespect someone that you've made in your image. And Lord, let us hear the words that we speak through your ears. Through the filter of your ears. And reveal to us what we need to see. Fill our hearts. Change our hearts, Lord, and fill our hearts with life-giving words. Life-giving words. And protect our hearts and ears from life-taking words that come our way. Make us into the kind of people that, after others have spent time with us, they walk away feeling encouraged, feeling strengthened, and feeling better about themselves. Lord, the tongue is such a hard thing to control, and in ourselves, we cannot do it. But with you, all things are possible. So we're asking you to come. Begin the process. Lord, I'm not in the same place I was 35 years ago when you spoke this to me. But I'm still not where I want to be. So help me. And help each one of us, Lord. Change our lives, change our relationships through the words that we speak. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.